Oh, hello everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Dr. Movie. Hope you had a happy new year or happy new year to you. We're coming out close to that time period anyways. Uh, as you can tell, possibly that I'm not in my car, but I thought I'd go ahead and do an episode and get things kicked off. I've got this thing in my head about doing a series in January called Giallo January. And I don't know that I'll do all Giallo movies. You may be asking yourself, okay, what is that word he's saying, Giallo? Uh, well, it's an Italian word that stands for yellow. But what it really means in the movie world is uh, basically a murder mystery story. So it's kind of like a whodunit kind of thing, right? You've seen many, 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 many movies that are murder mysteries, uh Take your pick. I mean, they're they're all over the place. And uh, this, the, the reason they call this Giallo is because there was a set of detective books that came out, almost like an encyclopedia set, that are all these yellow ba- paperback books that are all murder mysteries. So I think over the years, people were taking the stories out of these books and making movies out of them. That's kind of the concept of where the name comes from. That's a brief (laughs) explanation of it, by the way. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot more to it that I'm leaving out that other experts will know. But in a nutshell, that's basically what it is. It's a series of books that are all have a yellow covering on it. So they call the set Giallo. And being these movies are of the same subject matter, we call them Giallos, right? Uh... But again, it means murder mystery, right? But done Italian style, which I'm going to have to go ahead and say it. This is this is pretty much my favorite genre of movies, I guess you'd say. I really like these. These are the precursor to everything that comes later on, uh, especially the slasher phenomenon. Uh, you know, we kind of look at... Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is kind of like the grandpappy of of slasher flicks, right? It's kind of where it all really kicked into high gear. Um, Well, these movies are the precursor to that, right? You don't have a Texas Chainsaw without these movies. This one in particular, we're going to talk about Blood and Black Lace from 1964. So way ahead of the curve. And I'm telling you, the the more that I go back and revisit this movie, the more I see where so many people have taken from this movie. It's from the the incredible Mario Bava, the master of of smoke and mirrors. I mean, this guy is such a great illusionist, getting the most out of whatever you have. Right? He could he could take you know uh, a dollar a prop and and get you know a $500 jump scare out of it. This guy was the master of that. And, uh, again, 1964. Uh, and when you look at this thing, it is so stylistic, so beautifully shot, and just, just masterfully done. This is such a great movie, and it is the template for everything to come for the next 20, 30 years. It's incredible to go back and watch this and just see the impact, the the camera shots, the camera movements. You know, I'm definitely going to dive into Dario Argento stuff, which is my favorite director, but there is no doubt, which he was an understudy of Mario Bava. And 
I'm sorry, but there's so much Suspiria that's taken from this movie, Blood and Black Lace. Uh, it's incredible to go back and say, well, wait a minute. If you just take this story, instead of it being a a fashion studio and make it a dance studio, hmm, you know, <laughs> even the color schemes are just fascinating. The way that the, the color red pops in this movie is all intentional, and it's so masterfully done. So, uh, well, I'm, I'm gushing over this movie already, but again, I'm just, I'm always blown away by going back and revisiting this one because as big of a fan as I am of everything that comes later on, all the Sergio Martino stuff, the, the Argento stuff, even Lamberto Bava, uh, there's no doubt that this is the movie that everybody goes back and says, this is the template, right? I mean, it's it's kind of like going back and watching the Hitchcock stuff if you're going to make a, a movie in this style, American-wise. And uh, let, me, let me give you a little story here. <laughs> I found this pretty interesting, too. You want to talk about how deep of an infact, impact that this movie had? Listen to this synopsis. A masked man with a metal claw glove stocks models at a couple's fashion salon in Rome. So we've got a guy running around with a metal claw weapon. Sound familiar? Yeah, I thought so. Even though that's not necessarily true, uh, it does happen once in the movie, and it's not a weapon that he's carrying around, but he does kill somebody with a, a claw-type glove. Um, so there you go. Even as far as reaching to Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, this movie had an impact. So, I, again, I just find that so fascinating. Uh like I said, 1964, the year that the Beatles are coming to America, comes this movie that is just totally shocking, uh, very brutal. This is more brutal than anything I've seen from this time period, and but it's so stylistically done and so beautiful of a film. Uh, even the opening credits where they're introducing the characters is frightening for some reason, just the way that it's shot. So this is just a master class of, of how to make a murder mystery movie. Um, there's a name that no matter where I hear it, I'm automatically on board. And that name is Cameron Mitchell. <laughs> Through all his schlock, I, I just, I love anything Cameron Mitchell is in. And he's definitely a big part of this movie right here as well. So if you're a Cameron Mitchell fan, that alone should make you check this one out. Uh, the transfer that's out there, this is on Tubi. And uh, the transfer that's out there is really amazing. It looks great. Now, it is subtitled because it's in Italian. So I'll just go ahead and warn you. So if you got a problem with that, then sorry. You're, you're missing out on some greatness just because you don't like to read. Um I know that's a thing that people try to get used to, but once you get used to it, it never even bothers you anymore. And again, you're missing out on greatness if you let that hold you back from checking this movie out. So what you have here is a, a studio ran by a widowed woman who has uh, made quite a career for herself, uh, is well off, and she's putting together a new show and somebody starts knocking off 
all of the, the models that are involved. And that's really the basis for all this. You've got a lot of red herrings that are going to pop up. And uh, uh, it's, it's, it's an interesting twist. I guess that's kind of what makes this one stand out, too. I mean, there's so many factors on why this one stands out. But what makes it stand out, too, is uh, you're never right on these things, right? You're always off a little bit as far as who you think did it, right? And that's the whole fun of it. But this one's done so well. Um, I'm just going to say Scream borrows from this movie as well. So uh, if that gives you any kind of inkling to what's going on here, uh, it's just such an awesome film. And I, I can't wait to start talking about when I go through some of these other movies where you can definitely see where information was pulled from this movie and borrowed. <laughs> I don't want to say steal, but borrowed from this movie. Um, I guess Bava was just kind of feeling his oats at this time because, man, this is this is A-game stuff right here. But uh, you do have a, a masked person running around. Pretty atypical now from what you see because it's uh, almost like uh, uh, Rorschach from uh, whatever that movie was because <laughs> it's basically a blank face. Uh, wearing a hat, trench coat. So maybe even Rorschach kind of came from the idea of the, the, the character that's in this movie as well. So, uh, again, uh, I, I can't sing the praises enough of this movie. It is the standard. And, uh, again, I was really surprised at the brutality in this one because it's, it's a lot of strangling. You don't, you don't see a lot of knife play. Uh, but, it, it, it's not a quick little, quick little twenty second choke and they're out. I mean, it's it's minutes of of strangling, so that makes it a bit brutal. There's a a scene that's reminiscent of Halloween two. There's a scene in Halloween two that I think borrows heavily from this one. Also, Argento borrows from this movie as well, uh, in Deep Red, which is my personal favorite. That and Torso are my personal favorite giallos of all time. We'll definitely be getting into those. But uh, I can't say it enough. If you want to understand and see where all these movies came from and how the lineage from the Italian cinema all the way through the American movies, all the way through the 80s into the 90s, this is where you start. It's kind of like I'm borrowing a page from Duncan McLeish's show, you know, where where to begin, right? Where to start. And I can't think of a better example of what a giallo is than this right here that is uh, interesting enough to, to keep you involved, right? You can start with some of the other ones and it may throw you a little bit because it's a different culture, right? This one is stylized to uh, even appeal to an American uh, crowd as well. So, um, again, give this one a shot. I, there's no way you'll be disappointed. Um by today's standard, yeah, it's pretty calm, but you got to remember, this is 1964. You look at the list of movies that came out in 64 and compare this to it, and it's it's pretty shocking what this movie did. And and that's what the Italians are known for. That's why I love their movies, because they're usually about 20 years ahead of what's going on. And they don't hold back on gore uh, effects. They, they really like to... to 
shock and awe you, really. And uh, that's always been the appeal, right? That's where you get the Fulci stuff and all that that comes later on. And it's all because of going back to the beginning here with, with the Bava stuff. Now, this is this is one movie, getting into Giallo. But, man, he's made so many awesome movies. And uh, I'm definitely going to be talking about those as well. But do yourself a favor. Get on Tubi. Watch Blood and Black Lace. Uh, I don't want to give away too much more because... Just about anything gives this movie away, so I don't want to give anything to you. I want you to check this out and uh, get yourself educated. And if you are a fan of this movie, and it's been a while, go check it out. I'm telling you, this transfer is really, really beautiful. Uh, the lighting scheme from this, there's no doubt that Argento used that for Suspiria, uh, what we give him so much acclaim for. And I'm not knocking him because he's my favorite director, but there is no doubt that it came from this movie right here. Uh, even some of the, the setups, the, the, I'm telling you, the, 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 the trolley shots, everything in this is so good. So get on it, folks. You need to check this one out. Don't hesitate. Check it out. Happy New Year, and we'll see where this leads. I'm trying to decide where, where I want to go next with the, the next one of these. And I may throw in an oddball movie here and there because I don't want to just completely do giallo and nothing else. But uh, this one's definitely high on the list, and it is the benchmark that every movie is judged by. So there you go, folks. Check this one out, and we will check you later. <laughs>